Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. I'm in Grognard here on a Friday. Hope you're all doing well. I am. Got a weekend of, I don't know, coming up. All I know is studying lines and cleaning the house and doing this. So, first off, we have a voicemail. We have a voicemail from Larry, follow me and die. And he talks about, he mentions what I was talking about, pre-gens and how he did it. Take it away, Larry. Hey, Glenn, it's Larry with follow me and die. Yes, I did make pre-gens for Gamma World, and it did take a while. And I've got a mix of a couple of humans and uh, robots and mutants and whatnot in the mix. And it took a while, but I made them in such a way that I made a PDF, so I just print them out each con, and I've got them ready to go, and I don't have to use them for just that one scenario. I could use it for whatever other scenario I want. Um, And I've done that with uh, Metamorphosis Alpha and some others as well, uh, which that's what you got to do if you've got an old-school game that doesn't have a generator to spit them out for basic and AD&D and so forth, there's plenty of generators for those. I do believe for Metamorphosis Alpha there is a generator out somewhere, and I think I use that to help speed that process up. Anyway, great episode. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Larry. That was that was very informative. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty good idea. Uh, I, I, for some reason, I have a hard time hanging on to pre-gens for things, but... I'm going to start doubling down on that and just making sure it happens. But I've, you know, Crispy's talking about laminating them and you're talking about that. And, you know, I'm getting a lot of good, good ideas. And yeah, it is harder to do something like a Gamma World pre-gen. And actually what I did find, I found somewhere online, somewhere online, they have a Mutant Future Pre, uh, character generator, which is good because that's what I run, Mutant Future. So all I have to do is like plug it in, it'll just toss me a generic something that I can actually tweak for pregens, things like that. Anyway, thank you, Larry. Thank you for that message. Kind of relates to what I'm talking about today. Thinking about premises. I feel that most games should have a solid premise. And what I mean by that is there's something to hook the characters into the world. I know that's a little bit... Little, oh, can I get more vague? Yeah. What I'm talking about is... I'm going to go back to Gamma World again. Because I always felt that was game was a little too open. There are games out there that are a little too open. What I mean is... Here's the, here's the background. Here's the game. Here's the rules. Go for it. Make it what you will. I mean, that's the whole premise of D&D. Make of it what you will. But I also feel that there should be some kind of constraint in there. Hence all the campaign worlds and supplements being published and modules. It's just that something like Gamma War, it's easier It's easier than something like D&D for some reason. Now, the premise what I'm talking about is, see, I think that something like a TV series suits gaming better than just novelizations in your head or, you know, one, sh- I mean, one shots are good. Okay. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. One shots are fun. And usually pre-gens come in with that, but one shots are fun. But if you're going to do a campaign, have an arc and 
just treat it like a TV series. I mean, there's a lot of TV series out there now that have plot arcs. So that's not an unusual, as unusual thing as it used to be when I started gaming. Because things were usually Monster of the Week or... If it was a detective show, the criminal of the week, or so you know, you watch Dragnet. You can watch Dragnet from the first episode and anywhere in the middle to the last. It's all the same premise, and there's no arc, so they can do that. And but I have a feel there should be some kind of strong premise to hold the PCs in the world and hold them together. Now in D and D, usually the premise is the group, the PCs. They get to working together. They may even name themselves as such and such adventures. People come to them, things like that. But I wanted something a little more, especially for Gamma World, because Gamma World just seemed kind of, kind of just everywhere. It just went all over the place, every direction at once. And to me, art is a taking away. It's a restriction. What you do is you got everything. You start narrowing it down, narrowing choices down, because if you give people everything. They'll do nothing. It's it's decision lock in their head. They can't decide what they want to do. So you start putting parameters around these things, and and the premise is part of that. It's a good part of that, but it should be some kind of premise that allows for, once again, like a jazz, a good jazz piece. It allows for riffing and variations on it. There's a lot of examples from movies to TV I could point out. Sitcoms are pretty premise-driven, very premise-driven. And that's why something like Seinfeld was so revolutionary, because technically it's about nothing, but it's about these four people. So, and even like Friends, what's it about? It's about your friends in New York City. Okay, well, that's a premise. And then they riff off that from there. So when I take something like Gamma World or Mutant Future... And I put a premise on it. Now they have a starting point that they can always go back to. Or not go back to if you want to change the premise. For instance, my friend Tim Snyder put out a series of three or four Gamma World... I'm sorry, Mutant Future Adventures. Mutant Future Adventures that all revolved around this trading post somewhere in the Southwest or Midwest called Barter John's. And Barter John is a big mutated bear. And he specializes in getting stuff, valuable stuff. He's almost, he's a trading post and like a trading post is like a salvage yard. So the PCs are his quote unquote acquisitions team. He has the place, he has the funding, he has the equipment, they have the know-how. He sends them out, and he pays them a good salary. They do get choice things that they pick up, they salvage. But he's the one that, he's like the mentor. He's like the, the backer, the, the angel, whatever you want to call him. And so they go off from there. And I've had them go all over the country. Uh, at North Texas, they're going to go down south and help a friend of his deal with some kind of hole in the swamp. They've gone to bowling alleys full of pigmen. They've gone to Mount Rushmore to steal the mo- little the little model of Mount Rushmore that's in the gift shop. They've dealt with space stuff that fallen out of the sky after so many millennia. So it keeps them busy and it keeps them on their toes. And one thing I like about it is communication. 
you're not always in communication with the home base, with Barter John, with these people. So you have to improvise and solve problems in your own way. And that's the point of this with the acquisitions team. Well, he knows you're not going to be in contact with him for a while. He just wants you to go do the job. That's what he hired you for. That's what, you, that's what he relies on for you to be good at. So he expects you to perform, do the job. So if you're, they don't worry about if they're out of contact with him unless it's a dire, dire emergency. So they have to solve the problems themselves. And that's where the adventure comes in. That's where the excitement comes in. And you can do riffs on that. You can send you to places where they get in major trouble. He can send them to places that are radiated. Or there's a hostage situation going on with this village. Or some kind of mystery. Or there could even be a like a what they call a bottle episode in TV. Where it all takes place in one place. There could be something like maybe Barter John's trading post is under siege or something. That's something different. So you can go many, many different routes this way. If you have a PC group in a D&D type campaign and you can, you can get them in, have them have a, like a base. Maybe they have an inn they always stay at or maybe they have, or, and even if they can find a backer or a partner, that would be even better. That's one way to go. Uh, clerical orders, things like that. Maybe they work for a certain certain clerical order of this one god, or anything really. The more modern games are a little easier, like Top Secret, hey, you're working for the agency, that kind of thing. Supers, well, that's why they have super teams and super team bases, and that's why they have backers. Look at the Avengers. You know, the, the, one of their members is the backer of the whole thing. So that's one way to do it. Think about the premise. Think about a premise that would be somewhat stable, that you can shoot off from. It's like a home base you can shoot off from things. And I know you can't see me shooting off my hands like this, but you you get the idea. Okay. Okay, fine. I'm going to go start my day. And so I hope you folks have a really good day. And until I talk to you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.